prepare yourself for the weird, the gory, and downright nasty things found on VHS. Good luck, Spawn. Welcome to Fright Night. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's not us. Welcome to the Bad good. Taste Video Podcast. We are here. Episode 132. I am Mike. I am here with my co-host, Grizz. Yo. Anthony is still on a job somewhere. It's probably like killing somebody. I don't know, Busting right? <laughs> mysterious <laughs> uh, but we're back with another movie that we love dearly right something that we've actually been waiting to do for a pretty long time it's always talked about right yeah we've mentioned this a uh, few times even on the podcast uh, i think we've mentioned it a few times yeah but we never end up doing it for some reason uh, either one of us gets something in the mail or, you know, uh, oh, well, why don't we do this instead? And it always gets put to the side, but we decided this week, let's actually do it, right? Yeah, I think this is also probably one of our, like, secret love movies. You know, it's not like a cool movie to be like, I love Fright Night. You know, it's not one of those, yeah. like, you know, hipster horror movies or anything. But this is a great fucking movie. Yeah, so is this kind of like a thing like... Are you a Fright Night person or are you a Lost Boys person? Oh, don't is no. that kind? Of, could that be a question? I don't or? want that to be a question. I don't want to even to associate that movie Why? with uh, with this movie at all because this is a great oh, movie and Lost Boys is hot trash. Don't say that. Ernie Keegan will be <laughs> extremely disappointed in you. He knows. Right? He's he knows where head. I stand yeah, on this. We've had it out. Yeah, his ears. His ears are ringing as we speak, right? <laughs> He's probably messaging me right now. <laughs> Shut the fuck up about Lost Boys. <laughs> I have to say that uh, I'm a I'm a Fright Night person, and despite the fact that I do actually so you like Lost enjoy, Boys, right? Yeah, I do. I do enjoy the movie. All right, I'm not gonna lie. I like the movie, but I do like Fright Night better just because I feel like it's a little bit more relatable to me. I agree. Right? It's, it's a classic. the fuck do I know about living on the fucking beach? What do I know about that? I live by a beach. <laughs> so you live on ain't Long like Island. Isn't there beaches everywhere? Yeah, but it ain't like that, man. I ain't like a fucking <laughs> beach bum surfer guy, right? I live Jeez. in Buffalo. We don't. Our beaches have fucking pebbles on them, dude. We don't even have sand, so I don't know what that's like. How close are you to? to a body of water oh dude lake erie's like right outside my door it's it's super close you ever go there or not really oh yeah i see it like every day on my way to work i can i there's like a skyway well, like, that you can drive on that's like almost above the lake that like you look out over the entire lake erie going into downtown buffalo is there a monster in the lake i dude I, you know i'm so fucking jealous Although, okay, because you know there's all these like famous like uh, up in Vermont, they got like Lake Champlain, they got Champ and shit like that. So uh -huh. Lake Erie does not have 
any kind of cool monsters. However, where I did grow up in like a couple counties over, there's a town called Silver Lake and they have the Silver Lake monster. Yet the lake is like fucking pitiful. I guess I've, I've never seen Loch Ness to compare like how big the lakes would be, but this lake is pretty small. So I can't imagine the monster being anything but like maybe a giant muskie or some bullshit that they saw one some time. Some stupid shit. Yeah, some fish so that they I just, recognized. I just gave this a Google and apparently Lake Erie does have a lake monster. I'm unaware. Oh my god. Bess Bessie. So <laughs> apparently monster? this is this is a, from Ohio and Michigan folklore. Uh, Bessie is a name given to a lake monster in Lake Erie, also known as South Bay Bessie, or simply the Lake Erie Monster. Yeah. Apparently the first recorded sighting of Bessie occurred in 1793, my man. So us good folks of Buffalo in uh, the great state of New York, we do not buy into those crackpot Ohioan Michigan <laughs> ideas of, of Bessie the Lake Monster. We are too sophisticated for that here in uh, the Steel City. Wait, are we even so, the Steel hey, City? I think we're the fuck. <laughs> we make Cheerios. I know that. We used to make steel. We're a dying fucking city. Apparently, Bessie is reported to be snake-like and 30 to 40 feet long and at least a foot in diameter with a grayish color. Dude, a drunk sailor saw a log and was like, dude, we got ourselves a sea monster here. I'm telling you, that's exactly what happened. Dude, apparently there were sightings in 1969, the 80s, and 1993, and there is a reward of $5,000 for anyone what? who captures South Bay Bessie alive. All right, I'll see, see you guys later. I'm about to go get me a fucking... <laughs> I'm about to go catch me a five, Bessie. Five Gs to catch a fucking 40-foot lake monster you know, alive. This is a, this is a that great time. That wouldn't even pay for materials, dude. No, I, yeah. Honestly, I don't even have a boat right now. That, <laughs> I can't even get a boat with five grand. <laughs> What's well, that saying? The, the two best days of owning a boat? The day you get it, the day you sell it, oh, and something like that? Yeah, bust out another thousand. Isn't that what they say for a boat? Because it's a never-ending money pit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking horrible. Oh, no, no. What is it? The best day of owning a boat is the day you sell it. Absolutely. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great time, dude. I watched a ridiculous movie recently that I figured I'd bring up on here. Have you? I'm a huge Sam Elliott fan. I think he's one of the best. And he did a movie in 2018 that I recently watched called The Man Who Killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. That is the fucking name of the movie. Let me repeat that for you. The Man Who Killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. Or though, The Bigfoot. <laughs> I'm fucking convoluted of a name. I should have known I was getting into when I before I even watched it, to be honest with you. Now, what made you watch that? It was just kind of like we were hanging out with a buddy and uh, we were just kind of just all chilling out and it was came up on, I think it was Netflix. And I was like, what a stupid fucking name for a movie. Sounds about right. And I, Sounds about right. So I was like, yep, we got to check this out now. We ended up putting it on and we all sat there completely enthralled and with our jaws on the floor of how ridiculous this fucking movie was. Would you say it's a recommend or a don't even try? It's, oh man, that's tough. For the first, 
maybe like hour. It's a completely, I don't recommend. It's very slow. You see him kill Hitler, which is cool and shit. That's like the only cool thing that happens in the beginning. But it ends with this fucking epic Sam Elliott fighting a Bigfoot-ish, I guess you would say. It's like an emaciated alien looking Bigfoot, but it's an obvious dude in a costume and, th- and that's why I love it. It's not a CGI Bigfoot at all. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like suburban Sasquatch <laughs> like that. Dude, type yeah. Of shit. It's like, dude, it's 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 like an anorexic Harry and the Hendersons is basically what the costume Damn. looks like. Damn, Harry. What it's have they been feeding you? Dude. Have they been feeding you? <laughs> dude, and there's like the, fuck. the gnarliest the gnarliest thing about the movie, honestly, and like the only thing that made it, you know, worthwhile is like Sam Elliott's fighting this Sasquatch after he's like shot him once so like the Sasquatch is kind of fucked up and it pukes all over like Sam uh. Elliott's <laughs> face and like into his mouth and shit dude and it's the funniest grossest fucking Sam Squatch. so if you want to see Sam Elliott get puked in his mouth by a uh, Bigfoot check out uh, the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. So 2018. Oh, My fucking man. Ridiculous. So Grizz, since we watched Fright Night this week, why don't you uh, why don't you take us back, man? All right, you lobster licking Larrys, let's fucking buckle up because we're <laughs> diving back once again to 1985. Mike, why don't you set the scene? Okay. So, for the 1,000th time, we're going to 1985. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's uh, like a Marty McFly fucking Groundhog Day type deal. You gotta keep it fresh. Yeah, yeah. So, why don't we take a look at some of the other movies that came out and see what the competition was like for Fright Night 1985, right? I feel like the genre of like the high school aimed horror film was pumping out some classics around this time, right? When you told me to uh, to look into this specifically to talk about for this segment, because we'd already talked about so much 1985, after I started looking it up, I was like, was 1985 the best year for horror movies in the 80s? I mean, I would have to say that it, it's a very strong competitor, because I, it's amazing Fright Night even was a competitor was a competitor at all with some of the the huge movies that came out that year i don't i think it's like up there but i wouldn't say it was it would be the best oh not by a long shot dude like the early 80s man that was before any that's like you know like how when technology takes a step all the laws take a little bit of time to kind of like catch up yeah i feel like in the (laughs) early 80s all the censorship and everything kind of took a second to like. It wasn't quite. Like, wait there a second. Yet. What the? F- yeah. What the fuck? Did you just? Did you just fucking release that? Like one of those types of things. <laughs> and I feel like that made for some really like solid movie going experiences if you were into the genre at least at that time. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna start right out with a hard question for you. I'm gonna give you three movies from 1985, and only one of them can stay. Okay. Return of the Living Dead. Okay. Reanimator. Okay. Or Day of the Dead. Oh, shit, dude. For only one of them could stay. 1985. These are the three best, in my opinion, of of the year, by the way. So is this more of just my opinion or like what's best for everybody? (laughs) 
Oh, I, I guess that's a good uh, a good way to look at it. What, what's your opinion for you personally? Which one do you can you not get rid of? The one that I absolutely would not be able to get rid of out of those three, and it pains me to do this, but I would say Day of the Dead. Really, I feel like that movie. That movie is legitimately one of the best horror movies to me, at least of all time. That's the I one think I, that's I ex- fucking, expected least for you to say. Honestly, no, dude that that movie is fucking perfect, man. That is like that is fucking awesome. It I is love a great that movie. movie. Like I said, it, those are and, the three best of the year in my opinion. But Reanimator is so close to my heart. I, I can't imagine a world without Reanimator in it. So I, that would have to be now, the one that stays. Now, this is why it's so hard for me. I also have a reanimator tattoo. We both have yeah. Dr. Herbert West on the us. The love is real. Yeah, yeah. I also really, really love Return of the Living Dead. That soundtrack, Same. after seeing that as a kid, that soundtrack really like made me start listening to a lot of bands like the Cramps and TSOL, all shit like that. I had no idea who these bands were until I saw that movie. And then I went and, f- and like, you know, at the time fucking Kazav, whatever i like looked it up and i was able to find that i was like wow this shit's really fucking good i mean that's like rocky erickson stuff like that awesome i mean it's one of the first movies i saw a full frontal in so it's it holds a special place in my heart forever (laughs) for that reason there you go man (laughs) lene quigley thank you there you you go bailing on farce but whatever (laughs) oh shots fired (laughs) yeah wait can i i can i should i cut that no (laughs) It's been long enough. The, it's, it's okay now at this point. <laughs> now, here's my question for you. I feel like these are a couple movies that would be like, I would say direct competition for Fright Night, right? Like the audience that was at least targeted, right? So once bitten, are you a fan? Uh, no, not at all. No? No? Now, do you think that that movie really would stand a chance against something like Fright Night or do you think that movie was kind of too corny for like you know I think, once it hit the video yeah that's like the, the video you know, world that was like the, the 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 shopper club plus version of Fright Night in my opinion I think it's very <sighs> similar it just doesn't achieve the same the same vibe the same uh, the same effects that that Fright Night pulls off I, I don't see it now what about Nightmare on Elm Street part 2 I would say that would be targeting a similar audience, right? That like high school, everybody's supposed to be in high school in the movie. You know what I mean? And this is one that me and you also both agree on is the best movie in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is fucking, I I hate to say, you know, my opinion, because everybody's going to be like, oh, go fuck yourself. That's fucking stupid. (laughs) I think, I think this is like peak Freddy Krueger. Absolutely. He's like. He's kind of funny, but like in a cruel way. Yep. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't completely became like an anti-hero type character. He's still very menacing. Yeah, like right? we like talked that about cool in, scene in, is in Freddy's Dead. We had said that like he'd become like almost Looney Tunish by that point. Yeah. And at this yeah. time, he was he had developed a he wasn't as just like straight business he was in the first one. He had developed a little bit of that personality where he was gonna he's gonna fuck with you a little bit more. And I think that you're right. It's the the perfect mix of cruelty and personality that make the best Freddy Krueger, and that is definitely Nightmare 2. 
That honestly, yep. that might be one of the best movies as well of, of 1985. 1985 is a banger year for horror movies. It really yeah. is. A lot of good stuff. Now, here's one that I want to ask you. Now, would this be considered, you know, a similar film? Something like Silver Bullet. Oh, dude, Gary fucking Busey. What a wild movie that is. Who would I leave their kid that. alone with Gary fucking Busey to begin with? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently it was a good decision. But you know what? I think that uh, I think that's a great comparison, dude, because I they're very similar in uh, kind of cast in a way, but also like the story is very similar and being like uh, the same age group and a uh, menacing classic horror figure that's in it, like a werewolf and a vampire. Those are very, very, those are two movies that are on a, a very similar, those are two movies that are on a very similar level in my head. Yeah, I agree with that because it's not also like a super terrifying movie. Right, no, like yeah, it's, it's spooky. there's parts that are scary. Like it has a couple parts where like the werewolf is super scary. There's a couple parts in Fright Night where like Jerry Dandridge becomes like a scary vampire. They both have good practical but, effects and parts that that I think are yeah, overlooked. Solid. Yeah. Also, they have a similar thing where nobody believes the characters. Like when they're saying like, "Oh no, this guy is a fucking monster." Yeah, that's what and I'm saying. Like they're him. both that boy who cried wolf story, and they're, they're just kind of told with a different uh, classic Universal monster as the villain. Really cool thing. Oh, oh, and they also get an adult to finally believe them. Oh yeah. There's it, another one. It was juicy, right? He was like the adult that finally yeah. fucking believed the kid. Dude, best, best part of fucking. Well, the one of my favorite scenes. It's not the best part. There's two great scenes of Silver Bullet. One, when the girl's dad gets killed and like he, the, the fucking werewolf comes through the, the fucking floor. That's awesome. Great jump scare. Second, second great part, when Gary Busey goes to get the silver bullet made. And he's like, oh, my, uh, my nephew's a big fan of the fucking uh, Lone Ranger. And the guy's like, oh... Oh yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense why you're getting this made now. <laughs> he 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 knows that there's a werewolf too, right? <laughs> you, you know that dude's definitely cranking out some silver bullets of his own for that night for yeah, sure, dude. That movie's sick, but I I would say that's on a similar level as Fright Night. Both like uh, very very highly regarded films. You know what I mean from the '80s, especially in the horror genre, classics. So we, like you said, we just talked about '85 quite a bit because we had just covered the movie *Demons*. Highly recommend going back and listening to that movie. Uh, really, really good episode. Can I mention one more thing? Oh yeah, I would take *Ghoulies* over all these movies. I'm just saying. Are you right, fucking kidding going. me? <laughs> keep going. There's no way. <laughs> Anyways, b- b- sorry. Beyond that fucking nonsense that he's talking, because he's actually just trying to trying to stir the pot now i'm not gonna let him fucking do that to me uh we just covered demons i 100 recommend going back and listening to that episode now i don't know if i'm right about this uh is the fucking dude with the prostitutes and demons is he in this movie for a split second no that is actually another guy from another horror movie because he looks just fucking uh, like him I agree, but it actually is Ali from Friday the 13th, Part 3. 
he's the black oh, dude. Oh yeah, the, gang. the 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 gang member Guy. dude, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I was because I was watching it again, and I was like. Is that the fucking pimp? I was like, hold up. Wrong, I didn't think twice. No, wrong one percent. Wrong one percenter, my man. <laughs> I'll get there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's so funny. Like in all these movies, you'll always see people that it's like, oh wait, wasn't he in that movie? And it, that guy was in this movie. And well, that one didn't make happens, sense to dude. me because I was like, he's a he's a fucking Italian dude, and like that was filmed in like in Italy and all this shit and. This movie was definitely filmed in Los Angeles, so I didn't think it was him, but it looked too similar, and I had to bring it up. But I, of course, the guru of Friday the 13th and all thing horror, Mike, would clear me up on that matter. I love it. I know it. And this was filmed, like you said, in California, right? Was this a Disney backlot, I think, right? It had to have been. It looks like it. Apparently, it was the same one they used for the burbs. Yes. Yeah. Very, oh, sim- you can very tell. similar looking. 100%. Yeah, I love I love that shit, dude. Probably I the best it. movie. I love, I love the fake. I love the fake suburban neighborhoods, like where you could tell it's just it's fake. You know what I mean? Something about it. Especially the call like like it's really good. Yeah, I love that. Just like, just like staged VHS covers, like where it's a photo of something and it's like super staged. I don't know. Something about it. I just like Silent Night, Deadly Night. That like cover. That is a good cover. You're whatever right. reason, I enjoy it. Whatever. <laughs> Okay, so this was released on August 2nd, 1985. We're getting close to the Halloween season. Still summer blockbuster. Is that like summer blockbuster or is that like July, right? I guess, I mean, that's kind of a weird date for him to release it, to be honest with you. In August, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Early August, yeah, I don't know. But it was written and directed by Tom Holland, who you would know from Child's Play, another fucking amazingly iconic movie. And he also did another movie that's kind of polarizing, Thinner. Which, oh, are you a Thinner I, fan, yeah, or are you yeah. not a Thinner fan? I, you know, it's one of those movies that I think I, I've I've had the tape a million times, and I've, I've put it in, and it's just, it passes me by without me even watching it, because it's kind of like a, I don't know, I never really got into yeah. the story too much. Maybe uh, give it a watch next time. The gypsy, like, curses the piece of shit lawyer. And he, like, fucking starts, like, losing all this weight. Starts becoming emaciated. Has to pass the curse. It's pretty cool. Good premise. Uh, but I, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. The, no, it's Stephen King. The actors, Stephen whenever King. I would put it on, I, I was never just... You got to draw me in. And I don't, I don't think... That, I think the movie might have been a slow start for me. So, But I'll give it another we'll shot if one I day. get the opportunity. Maybe one day we'll watch it together. Oh, God. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, beam, I'll, beam it. I'll beam it to you over all the right. interwebs. <laughs> Tom Holland also wrote Class of 1984, which is a fucking awesome movie. Really I don't know good. if you've ever seen that one, yeah, but that's really a, a definite classic, like alternative uh, type film, right? Something like Return of the Living Dead, where there's like a punk cast and peak 80s. Yeah, movie. I was just going to say, it really uh, it defines a generation, that film, I think, perfectly. You ever see the, uh, the re- not the remake, the uh, sequel? I don't think so. It's supposed to be like sort of futuristic, semi-futuristic, I guess you could say. I'm glad I have it at that point. (laughs) It sounds like you just fucking ruined it. (laughs) Cyborgs, bro. Always makes a movie better. (laughs) uh, Fright Night was made on a budget of $9 million. It made about $25 million. Not bad. Cleaned up. Almost three times its... uh, you know, it's budget. That's not too bad. I think they did a Especially great job from, with, with the the budget too. I mean, this looks like uh they did they pulled off quite a bit for nine mil. 
Yeah, apparently it all went to the effects. Yeah, which is definitely recognized, right? You could you could tell that they did a and really good job. Appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. Movie. For sure. Apparently there was extensive behind-the-scenes footage shot by Mr. Roddy McDowell. Shot by Mr. Roddy McDowell himself, but he did not. Uh, he never showed anybody. Nobody knows where it is now. But there is like extensive, I guess, home video footage of, of behind the scenes. I saw some home video footage behind the scenes stuff on YouTube. I wonder if a couple of those things have surfaced or not. It was very like handheld cam, you know, like home video style shit. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, who knows, man? Especially that time, like a lot of the special effects guys would have cameras. You know what I mean? They would be fucking videotaping stuff oh, as yeah, they did a it. resume. Yeah, hell yeah. I like all those behind the scenes of like Evil Dead too. Oh, dude, those when, are so good. And the classic, Army of Darkness ones right. are great. Watching them build all the deadites, yeah. I love that shit. This movie has a lot of people that you... Well, not a lot. Well, a decent amount of people that you would recognize. I'll uh, knock that down a couple notches. Chris Sarandon, who plays Jerry Dandridge, our main vampire. Who know him from Child's Play. Oh, right? Yes. He plays a cop. Flips the uh, flips the role here, right? And I I also didn't realize until doing like some research for this that he played Jack Skellington. He was like the voice actor for that role in Nightmare Before Christmas. And I had never I've never seen the movie, so I guess it's not surprising that I I didn't know it was him. But I guess I never you know associated him with, him with that movie. I didn't know that either. But uh, William Ragsdale plays Charlie Brewster. And the only thing that I noticed that was really kind of funny and I was kind of surprised. Did you look him up at all? I did. And he, he didn't do much, honestly. Did you did you see the credit before this? No. Screams of a Winter Night. He was in that. Really? I can't. Very, I... very hard to find expensive VHS tape. Oh, yeah. I've seen the movie and I I can't even I can't place them. I don't know. Weird. Play some random random character. I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny. I'm gonna hit him up and see Amanda, if he's got a copy. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Amanda Bierce, who plays uh, our main female lead in this movie. Marcy Darcy, though. Yes. Fame. That's where right? I know. We'll go from. on. We'll go on to play. The neighbor of you, Al Bundy, right? <laughs> Living the dream. Very, very cool. Very cool to see her in this movie, right? I saw Married with Children before I saw this movie. So it was very weird seeing her like young in this. When you're a kid and like you see that, you're like, wait, this person was young? I, like, had, wait, I've, you young? I had the same exact experience that you had growing up with my dad. I always watched, uh, you know, Married with Children almost fucking religiously. So always on like basic fucking TV here. Oh yeah, it was always on TV. So my first experience also was seeing her in like this after I was a little older and being like, hold up, why am I why am I attracted to Marcy Darcy all of a sudden? <laughs> that shows how good she played that character, right? She did. She was very off putting in, in Married with Children. And then we had Roddy McDowell who played Peter Vincent in this. And his most notable role, would you say, is Cornelius in Planet of the Apes? Yeah, 100%. Probably? Yeah, that, that's definitely his, his claim to fame, I would say. He was also in Class of 1984, plays the teacher that goes fucking crazy, right? Brings the Great gun to role. school. Is that, what, is that right? Is that what he did? I think so. <laughs> yeah, that's 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's like asking the questions. 
It's like, no, man, relax. <laughs> Not worth it. <laughs> That's like that a weird thing awesome. to like even think that. about now. Like a teacher bringing a fucking gun to school and shit. Like, imagine making is that it? movie now. What is a it? Hot button topic. Dude, I feel like it would be more realistic in fucking 2021. Yeah, like, Yo, this is actually how school is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guarantee you there are there are teachers somewhere probably packing heat, man. Yeah, wasn't there like guarantee a big thing you. like a couple years ago after yeah. like all the school shoot? Like, teachers should be packing heat now. And I was like, yeah, all right, oh. yeah. Teacher with a glass. shaking makes- my head? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> Sounds safe. So we definitely have to talk about also uh, one of my favorite characters in the movie because he confuses the fuck out of me. And he's played by <laughs> Jonathan Stark. And in, uh, and in this movie, he plays Billy Cole, who is Jerry's boyfriend? Man friend. Man friend? Friendly man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's his Compa- servant. Male companion. Yes. Male companion. Yes. He does his. He's like a familiar. Yeah, he's a familiar. He does his day biddings for him while he's sleeping and shit. If I ever, if I ever learned anything from Blade, it was what a familiar was. <laughs> yes. All right. But this guy is like next level because he's kind of like he's not human either. So. And like I've seen this guy so many times on so many like different TV shows and uh, TV shows and stuff like that. Um, but more importantly, he was in House Two. He's like the main character in House Two. If you have ever seen that movie. Oh. F- Fuck! I I totally forgot. Yeah, he plays that's Charlie. Why you, that's why your face like lit up. But yeah. I was like, "What? Like, how do you not like you of all people know something that I don't know that I know?" I was pretty excited to get that out of you. That's great. He also plays in uh, one of the episodes uh, of Tales from the Crypt. I'm a huge Tales from the Crypt guy from the '90s. So I, oh, I yeah. he's just he has like a super oh, yeah. recognizable face, and like he's also I guess like a huge writer, producer, director. For all kinds of TV shows, like the Drew Carey show, according to Jim and shit. So he's still out there doing his thing and writing and producing. Does it say what episode of Tales from the Crypt he's in? It does. Uh, The Tales from the Crypt episode would be My Brother's Keeper from 1990. Is that the one where they're... uh, Siamese twins. Yes, yes, okay. Wow, I totally forgot about that. What's your favorite episode? That's my question. That's how oh, I gauge man. a person. Uh, I, I really do love that uh, that first season Christmas episode. I think it's like the last episode of the season with the evil uh, Santa Claus all through the night. One. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a really great one. Just because I, it's like one of the ones I remember like we always watching for Christmas time. Mm, I would have to say mine is also from the first. Actually, there's two I like from that. Uh, there's the one with the magician where he buries himself alive and then he eventually forgets that the cat died uh i think it's something like dig dig this cat he's like real far out it's something like that and then the other one is yellow is another good one the world war one the one with like fucking dude dan Aykroyd is in it oh yeah Um, dude it's it's so crazy you see people like that in these fucking episodes lance henriksen uh Martin Sheen is in that one. Fucking dude, that one is awesome. Highly recommend that. The twist at the end is great. You kind of see it coming, but it's fucking it's awesome. I mean, you gotta watch really Tales good. from the Crypt anyways, because just like I said, it, for one, it's great, but you will be like dumbfounded at the people that you see who are like weren't that big then, but that went on to be huge actors. It's no joke. Yeah, real, it was real no fucking joke. cool. Yeah, HBO doing it right at that time. Yeah, it was HBO. Really fucking 
and then Fox was playing it. Remember that? When I was a kid, that's how I watched it. Was when it was on Fox. So it was like, uh, was it like so? It'd be like reruns, like yeah, after yeah. It was you. late at night. Yeah. Okay, so why don't we hit the trailer, and we'll get uh, into this movie. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. scared this could be the night of your life fright night a classic of the mid 80s kind of lost in the 90s and a huge resurgence in the 2000s and beyond right uh would you like me to do the synopsis this week my man grizz or would you like to take the helm maybe i'll uh maybe i'll give it a shot let's see yeah let's hear it let's hear it a young man struggles with his own identity as he also struggles to prove to his friends and loved ones that a vampire has moved in and is killing locals in the town that he lives in. That's pretty good. I also like the voice. That's, <laughs> That's good. my new synopsis I voice. Yeah, A+. Plus. I think if you do the voice, you'll just keep doing good ones. Yeah, and like it doesn't so, matter if I say anything that is actually really coherent or like that makes sense to the movie. If I'm doing it in that voice, you're like, oh, this yeah, is absolutely what happens. Yeah, perfect. I think that's a great, great synopsis of this film. So why don't we get to the main cast of characters in this movie? Not really that big, right? I would say a medium Medium cast, almost a slasher-esque cast. It's the perfect size cast, in my opinion. Easy to keep track of. You can care about the people. You, yes. you don't get lost. It's great. I love it. So we have Charlie and Amy, right? Lovebirds. They're young, two young lovers, high school lovebirds. They are kind of in different places where they want to be when it comes to the relationship, right? Charlie's all about yeah, getting laid, baby. I mean, yeah, <laughs> right? we, we kind of we kicked this movie off with a very awkward. I mean, it's awkward, but it's also a very cliche 1980s blue ball scene where you have the yes. <laughs> the, yes. the the young man trying to pressure his female companion into having young wild sex which is probably a bad idea on all levels like mike just said and she is reluctant and this is a weird fucking scene for me dude because she's not into it and like you know she's basically stated she is not ready for this but then in 
as soon as Charlie doesn't show interest, she's like, all right, let's fuck. Yeah. That's like yeah. such a booby I've trap. I'm so glad Charlie didn't fall for booty that shit. Trap. <laughs> it's a booty trap. It's a booty trap. But as soon That's as yeah, he starts looking at... <laughs> this guy's looking out the window, though, fucking at a, at a coffin being brought into the house next door. And she's like, I want you to make love to me, yeah. Charlie. I'm ready, Charlie. And yeah. she's like, she has no idea what's like, going on. She's not on. fucking yeah. ready, dude. <laughs> no, 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 no. But he's like, I am kind of busy staring at my na- my new neighbors. Which my- rightfully so. I mean, because at the same in this scene also, we see that uh, you know Charlie is watching a a TV show with the one and only uh, what the hell is his name. Peter Vincent, Vincent, the vampire, vampire slayer. killer, yeah, so, vampire killer, bro. So we already see that Charlie <laughs> is he is about this whole like vampire lure. He he's watches it on TV, so he's yeah. obviously going to be distracted when he sees a motherfucking coffins next door being brought into his house. I don't blame him at all yeah. in the situation, and I'm almost happy that the coffins distracted him. If I could be quite honest with you. High school me would not give a fuck about the car. No, 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 me neither. I'll just be real for a moment. That's not realistic at all. What the situation would happen. Sorry. Uh, Also, you just mentioned. What? Even even worse, though, as like, you know, this whole thing is happening and, you know, she's all pissed off because Charlie's all worried about the coffins. They like storm downstairs and Charlie's mom is sitting on the couch and like right in front of Charlie's mom. She's like, first yeah. you want to make love and then you don't want to make love. And I was like, yeah, which is have it? some fucking discretion, Amy, for Christ's sakes. Nah, she's like the mom is like the typical spaced out eighties mom oh, yeah. of a horror oh, film, right? Are, are you guys fighting? What's happening? <laughs> they were just talking about fucking. Are you in depth? Like, what, is, what the hell is wrong with you, mom? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> crazy. But you mentioned him before. We also have Peter Vincent, our fearless vampire killer, great, right? Great. He's great supposed movie. to be, I guess, like a va- uh, a Vincent Price type character which originally his role was written for vincent price but i guess that didn't work out and ronnie mcdowell took it and he's like no Vin- he's not supposed to be like vincent price this guy is supposed to be below vincent price he's like a you know, wannabe he's been playing this vincent price. yeah he's been playing the same character for fucking years that's his only claim to fame i'm like wow that's a really deep way to play that character <laughs> yeah, he, my man he did a, he did that's a, why you're a career actor yeah he did a real <laughs> deep character dive He's like, who is Peter Vincent the man, not just the character? <laughs> yeah, but it's really, I, I like it. But I also like that we literally meet almost the whole cast in the first, what, five minutes of the movie? I like that too. Right? Let's get it going. You got, so, so we got Charlie. We got Amy. We got the mom. We see Jerry next door. Jerry Dandridge. Your friendly neighborhood vampire, right? Uh, very interesting. Yeah, very interesting character. <laughs> very like smooth, suave. You would never think that he's doing something fucked up in his house yeah, really, unless you looked at it because it looks nice like a fucking murder house. And you know, and he's got, yeah, it's got a nice, nice cardigan on. You better look out. Yeah. Yeah, you better watch out. Especially in the 80s. Uh, yeah, he's got his man, his uh, man companion. His male companion Billy, his companion? right? Not quite a, yeah, yeah. His his male companion, <laughs> not great. not quite. I want not a quite companion alive. so bad, dude. <laughs> 
It's my favorite word. Chris, Chris, if you if you had to make an animal and it was a it was called a chameleon, what would it look like? It doesn't have to be a chameleon or anything. Well, that's what like obviously what your head goes like to, to, but you. I also thought of yeah. like like if a chameleon and an armadillo fucked, it was what would come out as being the chameleon. <laughs> No, a commandion. A commandion, yes. That's 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 it. An, when I think of a commandion, with a chameleon. When I think of a commandion, I think of like a moose mixed with a black bear. <laughs> what? I don't know why. I have no idea. It's like the complete. <laughs> I have no idea. A, I have no idea. Right. Well, that's an interesting I, interesting direction. But I do like this Billy character. He's not alive, but he's not dead. He's not a vampire, but he's been serving Jerry Dandridge, apparently, for over a hundred years now. If there's some sort of novelization and they give a little bit of background, Jerry Dandridge has been a vampire, I believe, for 400 or so years. He's oh. over 400 years old. So he's only been yeah, a common a for bit. about a hundred-ish of those years. Hey, man, what can you do? I don't know what he's like a fucking phantasm character, Billy. Yeah. Right with the, the fucking green blood. What's up with that? I'm very confused as to exactly, uh, for one, what exactly the relationship is between Jerry and Billy. Because <laughs> you love that. I, I love know that. that they are supposed to be companions, but I also <laughs> feel like there's a, a little bit too close. For- okay, wait, I got it. I got it. I got it. A companion. <laughs> Is when you have two powerful males in a relationship. So it's like, yeah, like our our podcast <laughs> is two commandions coming together to discuss their <laughs> but, love but of it's movies. Just a com- no, it's just a commandion. It's just a command. That it's, it, I see. It's what like you're a saying. flock of seagulls. Like it's a commandion. This podcast is a commandion. I I love this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> However, their commandion I think borders on love making. <laughs> <laughs> well now, well, just now very it's close. Funny, it, I don't know. Well now, it's funny you say that because like Jerry's bringing these girls home and this guy's obviously in the house. And is he like in the room next door? Yeah, like is he, like peeking is, through is, a hole in the wall? <laughs> I was just going to say like it's like the uh like the portrait's eyes moving, you know what I mean? Like he's watching from the other room. I feel like they are because Billy is not secure enough with himself to have Jerry bring home women. And him not be a part of it in some way. I mean, yeah. he loves Jerry and he wants to protect him. So I don't think he would let yeah. the commandion alone wouldn't allow that to happen. I'm, I'm sorry. No, it's against the commandion. It's against the, the Ten Commandments. commandments. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got to stop. <laughs> and finally, we have Evil Ed. Which I love the character name. I feel like everybody knew somebody like this in high school. Some of us were this person. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us still are this person. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, awesome character. Yeah. Just awesome like you're horror obsessed. Uh, you know, kind of spastic, maybe a little bit ADHD on the uh, little, you know, a little crazy on the wild side, but I loved it. Uh, I think his line delivery in this movie is a fucking plus. He's just over the top, but it, it makes the character so much better the way he plays it. Yeah, and you get this sense of like who he is originally when you first see them in school and like 
uh, Charlie's trying to tell him that his neighbor's a vampire, and he's like making fun of him, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. he's, Bullshit. This Bruce, is like yeah, he's like just you yeah. know this is this is like a nerd making fun of another nerd, right? Like one of those types of things. I think it's just very similar to being like any any close guy friendship is probably like this, where you constantly give each other shit, you constantly find ways to pick on each other. And, and you really get that friendship from these two people. They're always, you know, picking on each other. He hates being called Evil Ed. Brewster's going to call him Evil Ed. You know, he's going to give Brewster shit for being fucking ridiculous and thinking that there's vampires because it's just another fuel to the fire of their friendship. And I love that. It, it feels real to me. Yeah, 100%. And, like, if you came to me one day and were like, dude, like, my neighbor's a vampire. You have to help me do something about this. I would... A hundred percent be like, what the fuck are you talking like, about? Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. Are you, are drugs, you kidding dude. You're me? Fucking <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. And that's a perfectly valid reaction yeah, to have like, to right. somebody saying that to you. <laughs> I think even, you know, everybody kind of enabling him with Peter Vincent even was kind of much. I wouldn't even do that for you. Well, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like you're saying, like, uh, Peter Vincent enabling him. So obviously Charlie's thinks that these, you know, is, is the only one that believes these, uh, or that this vampire itself has moved in next door with his companion and that, uh, <sighs> he has to now like convince all these people. So he tells the cops and like the cop comes over to bother Jerry. And like, even the Laugh cops is him. like, dude, you fucking brought me over here for some bullshit and leaves, you know, Charlie in the dust. And, and Charlie's kind of left being like, how the fuck am I going to convince anybody that what mm -hmm. I'm seeing is real because mind you now at this point we've already have a situation where uh, Jerry has been invited into the house by uh, by Charlie's mom so he's allowed to come in that's a very important rule of vampire lore and and Jerry knows that Charlie's on to him so there's already some conflict happening and at night Jerry comes in and fucking attacks Charlie so Charlie knows for sure that he's a vampire. There is no doubt yeah. in Charlie's head at this yeah. point, you know? So that's like yeah. the proof that Charlie needed. So he's now trying to convince everybody and nobody fucking believes him. Well, it's crazy. Why would you believe him? But if the cop did check the basement, like Charlie said to, he would have found the coffin, dude. He would have found the coffin. It, that, and that would have been it. But the cop probably would have gotten murdered by fucking Billy. So it wouldn't have mattered because he's like superhuman. And at first... Wouldn't have mattered. What's his name? You know... Peter Vincent doesn't want to enable Charlie. He thinks Charlie's no. fucking crazy. He's like, dude, yeah. you've watched too many of my movies. Get the fuck out of here. Wait, but also he caught Peter Vincent just as he got fired from his fucking job. So he's in a hard spot. That's that's actually a key a, a key note to know that he doesn't fate, have a job bro. anymore. He's gonna be without some cash for a while. Oh, fate, fate. That's fate. That is a lot of. A lot of fate in this movie. That's a good point. Because when Amy and Evil Ed go to Peter Vincent's house to ask him to go enable Charlie, he looks at the mirror. He's like, oh, I have a prop from that movie. And it's the mirror that he uses and that he sees in the movie that somebody's a vampire. And then in real life, he uses you know what that I mean? to he actually had, see yeah. that Jerry is the vampire. Yeah. But yeah, he only that, helps because he's in that hard situation and he needs money. And Amy's like, look, I got 500 bucks in my savings that I'll give you if you just go over with fucking Charlie to this dude's house and tell Charlie that he's not a vampire. Because none of them believe yeah. it. They're just like, just, just fucking entertain him. Just like, you know, pretend, yeah. you know, make some bullshit up. 
I just want to circle back and say that that scene where uh, Peter Vincent is talking about the mirror, it's it's like really weird because it's one of the only scenes in the movie where he's genuinely like, that was my favorite role that I ever played. Like, I, I still have like the mirror from it. And you expect there to be like a joke or something else. And then it, it's, it isn't, you know what I mean? Like he's actually like very like, you're right. He's, t- he's touched by it. That's the only time there's no like punchline to it or. And it's also you know. like the only time that I think we see that character outside of the character that he's playing on TV, that he's been playing all these years. Like it's the one time that you see him in the apartment where he's like reflecting on that character instead of trying to be that character to the kids and to Charlie and everybody. Yes, he's not he's not Peter Vincent at that point. Right. He's right? himself looking back on the memories of Peter Vincent. And that is weird. It's like it's it's a total weird break for this movie, but it's a it's a pretty powerful moment. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And but what's weird is that he doesn't have the turn until the end of the movie. Yeah. So he's kind of like in this weird character limbo throughout the whole thing, right? Where like first he doesn't believe, then he believes, and then he doesn't believe, then he believes, and then he goes and he's too afraid and all this shit. So it, it's crazy. This this brings to this cool this cool thing that happens, which I don't really I can't remember happening in too many other vampire movies where they have this like this proof of vampirism with a vampire who is willing to show that he's not a vampire and there's like a vampire slayer killer who's coming to, you know, give this proof. I think it's a really cool concept. And it, you know, because they all show up at the house, the three kids and, and Peter Vincent show up to Jerry's house and Jerry has decided, yes, I will show you guys I'm not a vampire by doing whatever you need me to do. And they agree on... It's rigged though. On it's not wire. Right. I, yeah. I, so you saying it's rigged. I don't I don't I don't get this the whole holy water thing. Is it not blessed? Is it really not holy water? Yeah, it's just water. It's just water. So then how did Jerry it's, know that it was not going to be actual holy water? Was he just taking a chance? Well, I guess they believed Peter Vincent because when they called, remember it's like no, it's just going to be water cuz they all believe that it's bullshit. It's supposed to be like me talking to somebody else that doesn't believe either. Where it's like, no, dude, we're just going gotcha. to give you water. I was like, you know I was trying I mean? to think, like, like, what? Was him, like, holding this vial up to the fire? Like, him purifying the holy water so he can drink it now or some bullshit? He's playing, he's playing the character. Because then, remember, when Charlie brings out the cross, Billy, like, kind of go almost makes yeah, a move. And then Peter Vincent, Peter Vincent snatches it out of his hands. And they, like, yeah. all relax. You know what I mean? So, like you're so, saying, Peter doesn't believe at this point. But as they're leaving the house... He's got that pocket he, mirror. He looks at the mirror from the movie. And oh and sees, shit, motherfucker Jerry ain't got no reflection. <laughs> so the no, dude, that up. shit's fucking awesome. But instead of like helping him, he just like runs out of the house like a bitch. And he doesn't even want to tell Charlie. He's like, oh, I didn't see anything at all. <laughs> and Charlie has He's to pry it the fuck out of him. He's in shock. Imagine finally fucking realizing this shit is real. Oh, yeah. I've been playing a character for 40 fucking years. Now, all of a sudden, it it could actually have to be a reality. I guess that would be shocking. I would think that's pretty cool. Who am I to judge fucking Peter Vincent finding out that they're vampires are real? I'm sorry. I'm 100% (laughs) off base. I love the Peter Vincent character, dude. I love the horror host helping. The I really wish there was more of that. (laughs) Cause like there's like the Elvira movies, but yeah. like she's not. It, it it doesn't really have anything to do with her being like a horror host at all. 
You know what I mean? Where like Peter Vincent is a character that's actively like he was on some fucking shitty cable show. You know what yeah, I mean? Like that, to me, that's a great. You're a host, but now you have to be in reality what you've been tending to be all along. I think that's really cool. You're right. That there should be more more movies spun off of that concept. I I think that's a a real uh, untapped market. But they also in this movie have a very strong vampire with Jerry. Right? I feel like this movie really works in total because like the vampire in the movie is believable. You have Peter Vincent who's like this cowardly uh actor, this old man, right? And then you have like this smooth vampire who knows that like he's more powerful that this is just a frail old man and he he serves no fucking threat right yeah chris sarandon really does nail it in this movie he he plays this like arrogant very you know sexual vampire that it's it's probably one of the best vampire depictions in in any movie in my opinion i think that for like for being a vampire who is supposed to be modernized in the time period that he's in, I think it's the the best job in any film that I've seen making a modernized version of a vampire. He fits in with like that 80s yuppie crowd so flawlessly. It's it's so perfect for that's how he would be in that time period. So, I I agree. But one also I feel like is really good is in darkness, dude. Like the the vampires then, like it's just it. Who would it be? It would be all just fucking like people that got caught up in the whatever happened. Yeah, and darkness where would they be living? Animal. I I can't. Darkness is one Maybe. of the best movies ever made. I'm not even can't even put this on the same level as Darkness because this movie will will never even exists on the same realm that darkness exists on that's how good darkness best, is best vampire movie ever darkness it, probably one of the best movies ever Love in it. my top Love five it. best movies of all time for sure earth shattering right yes. <laughs> i could just hear like the fucking da 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 fucking car wash. <laughs> exactly. like so vampire fucking... zombie fucking attacks so good so fucking good but Jerry, I think, is a great vampire in this. Their first, like, act, like actual attack encounter in the room is fucking awesome, right? He's like, oh, you don't want anything to happen to your mom, right? Like, they're, like she's in the other room sleeping or whatever. Yeah. And, I, and this is where we also learn that the cross doesn't do anything, right? You got to believe, bro. You have to have faith. Yeah. But, That's a great turn on that uh, original, you know, omen too. That oh, a cross will stop a vampire only if you have faith in it. I love that. But I also like that he uses the pencil and like, which is you know, it looks like a stake and puts it through his hand, and that hurts him. Yeah, right. Like that. That actually like does something, and I like that. That's another trope. That it's like. Oh, well, does this work? Like, yeah, kind of. We'll try anything, <laughs> any, all the vampire things. There's a great scene in the beginning, too, where, like, you know, Charlie goes to, to Evil Ed and is like, what do, what do I do, you know? And and uh, Evil Ed lists off all the classic vampire things that, you know, Charlie can do to try to help himself. And it's like the garlic and all that shit. And uh-huh. it's just so fun. Only the, I, I love it. I, I love that, like, the most basic shit is the stuff that works. Yeah. Right? No reflection. 
right? Sunlight, holy water, the cross with, but you have to have faith. And then the stake kind of works. It kind of, right? It kind of works. Right. Yeah. I, I, that <laughs> I was a little surprised, but so like, uh, we've had this whole thing now where we have two people who are aware that Jerry is a vampire. Yes. We have Peter and we have Charlie who now 100% know for a fact that Jerry is a vampire, but Amy and Ed are still on the side of not believing, which I thought was weird because Amy was legitimately standing right the fuck next to Charlie. She would have saw it too. Yeah. And she would have heard fucking Peter be like, I didn't see a reflection. You were standing right next to Charlie. If Charlie heard it, you would have fucking heard it. So I thought that was some bullshit. But anyways, so these three are now like, all right, you know, we got to take everybody home and they're going to walk through the fucking city, even though they just confronted a vampire. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck universe are you kids living in? So anyways, they go off for this walk and Ed goes off by himself and boom, what do you know? There's fucking uh, Jerry taking him out. Boom. He's gone. He's now a vampire with Jerry. And now we're left at the club scene. And this is probably one of the coolest fucking scenes in the movie. And it has this song that is like stuck in my head forever. It's like, I hear this fucking beat nonstop, dude, for the past week. So you guys have to fucking deal with it too. But what do you think of this club scene? No, no, no. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want you to ask me what I think. (laughs) I want to know what you think about this versus the Terminator club scene, because I feel like it's a very similar idea, right? I would. Oh man, they are very similar. I could. I feel like it might even be the same. The same background dancers in both scenes. <laughs> <laughs> they just like change the lighting, and then it's like the different fucking scene for it. You never know, man. Oh man, I, I gotta go with this one. I, it's there's just something special about that music that the Terminator music doesn't do for me. Really? Oh, dude, I love the Terminator music. It's so good, baby. So good, but I do like the uh, nightclub scene in this. Um, Marcy Darcy and Charlie Brewster go into the nightclub. They're trying to get help, right? They call Peter Vincent. Peter Vincent blows him off. He's too afraid. Yeah, he's a bitch. Right? Ain't nobody coming to help <laughs> until the bouncers show up. When Ali shows up, get his. He gets his throat cut. Right? It looks like his neck gets slashed. This is and so the other guy gets that whole fucking yeah. thing well, is dumb because. Well, well, this is the problem I have is that, you know, Jerry's pissed off at Charlie for blowing his cover of being a fucking vampire and is worried he's going to get in trouble because of Charlie. Oh, yeah. He straight up reveals himself to everybody. He's murdering motherfuckers and people are running scared screaming. It's like, hey, dude, I think people might be onto you that you're a vampire at this yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the fucking shredder reveal. Yeah. It's like the shredder reveal in <laughs> yeah, fucking exactly. Ninja Turtles. Like that now everybody knows who you are. Good job. You have no secret anymore. Yeah, good job. I I do like the scene though. I think it's, it's great. It's very memorable. It's I like the the sexy dance that you just, keep talking about. And it shows it's that like, you know, Jerry has the mind control power that all vampires have. The power to yeah. seduce and Amy is falling for that shit. Let me tell you, she is willing and ready on that dance floor. For a moment, I thought she was about to do some shit to him on the dance floor. And I was like, yo, Amy, you better calm the fuck down. Yeah, this relax. is public. It ain't the 90s yet. It ain't the 90s yet. You don't do that shit yet, right? Yeah. Everybody's not zonked out on ecstasy yet in the 90s. All right, yeah. let's calm relax. it down. 
And I find it funny also that while this is all going on, like Evil Ed's already going to work for Jerry Dandridge. Right? He's going to pay Peter Vincent a fucking visit. He he becomes like obsessed to them. Actual Evil Ed, the vampire Evil Ed in this movie is fucking awesome. Probably the best character in the movie. I like that the laugh just keeps getting like more and more crazy. Right? He he starts laughing more and more, like more and more sadistic. He's legitimately terrifying, character. right? Like I would be oh, I'd be horrified of a vampire that acted like that in comparison to like a hey. smooth criminal fucking vampire. I'm I'm this motherfucker's a jackal. I'm horrified of him. Yeah, and I like that they also make it where he's like a shapeshifter. Yeah, that was where cool. he could he's turn into other things. He could turn into the wolf, yeah, or dog, whatever the yeah, hell I want. Wolf, I, yeah, it looked like a were, looked like a werewolf. Yeah, like at it one started point. out like a, like a like a normal like Siberian wolf or some shit. But then like as he's dying, well, and like you know, spoiler alert, he does, and he fucking gets like transformed back to his human state, which is probably like one of the rat. coolest reverse <laughs> transformations ever. I love that shit. Yeah, uh, eventually Peter Vincent ends up doing him in, and he stabs him with like what is it like a something from like a chair or a table or whatever like a banister from like a banister post. Yeah, like a banister post or some shit. I just remember him like flying into like this dog flying into the chandelier and like hitting the ground. I'm like, oh man, that poor dog, but he's actually fucking evil. Led I can't feel too bad for him, but it's a dog. It was very conflicting for me. I do feel bad at the end, like when he like kind of turns into like when he's fully human again. Yeah, it's like it is sad, but he is fucking crazy as he's like a, actual evil. He's Ed. a victim fucking of awesome. circumstance, though, man. Poor Ed, like he's just like hanging out with his buddy Charlie, who's his only friend, and they fucking give each other a hard time. And now Charlie's <laughs> the responsible for fucking turning him into a goddamn vampire. And I mean, he didn't believe and, Charlie, but who was gonna believe Charlie anyways? This yeah. is just, but. I feel bad but for But this him. actually turns this turns Peter Vincent though into like the actual Peter Vincent. This is what sets him like in motion to really like Gives him the courage, it's you're right. Because Jerry Dandridge wants um Charlie to bring Peter and himself to his house. Right, because Jerry has stolen agrees. At, at from the yeah. fucking the the club. They took off yeah, in the which Jeep. Is, <laughs> yeah, he like seduces her and like hypnotizes her, and you have like Evil Ed fucking laughing in the back and all that shit, Which right? Is, it's just weird that you know he, he's been seen to fly in this movie, yet they're gonna take the fucking jeep back to the house. I don't know. It's just yeah, whatever, whatever. They gotta do something. They needed the jeep, just like I like the jeep. I would drive it too. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it's it seemed <laughs> out of place. I don't know. But anyways, you're right. The fucking the whole thing that he him him killing Evil Ed is definitely what gives Peter this newfound courage within himself to be like you know what motherfucker i'm peter goddamn vincent and i'm gonna go kill jerry goddamn dandridge this is my time to shine yep yep and even like charlie at one point is like i i really need your help like if i go there alone uh she's gonna die and i'm probably gonna die so like everyone's probably gonna die yeah yeah like please dude and like he's very reluctant but once he like really grows a set it's really cool right like he's a really like fun character like as an actual van helsing type guy yeah he takes control and uh you know he he i do like him as that more domineering version of himself although he still has this like doofiness to him and he still has this yeah he's a likable character he's like he's not he's confident but he's not 100 uh capable kind of a character 
very almost like an earnest oh great yeah he that's a great it's it, it's like if fucking jim varney were to play van helsing this would be the character yeah. that you'd get like if actual jim varney yeah played van helsing <laughs> yeah for sure yeah <laughs> but i do like the final battle in this when they do eventually go to jerry's house to save amy it's fucking cool they they actually do kill billy which confused me even more because they just pump him full of lead, right? They shoot him a bunch with a handgun. Then he stabs him. Yeah, then they stab him with like a, a fucking uh, a stake and that kills him. But he's not a vampire because he tur- he has like green blood. Yeah, I didn't understand he's, that. How, why the fuck? What is? What the? F- he, I know he's the he's, Commandian, but what the fuck is he? Like he, dude, he's not a fucking vampire. His, he's not a... No. He's, He's not living, obviously, because he can get shot in the goddamn head. It takes a stake yeah. to kill him. Is he like a semi, like a, a low level vamp? I don't know. I, I'm so confused no. by Billy. He's got green blood. Makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. And he can go in sunlight. Yeah. He's, he's, so he's the reverse vampire. He's not a vampire at all. I was yeah. worried about on The Simpsons when all the parents were fucking. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> he's the... Uh, <laughs> Also, at this time period, there is a very, very sexy scene between Jerry and Amy that's happening, and I'm I, I'm pretty sure there was turned. penetration. I'm sorry, but I, I'm pretty sure that there was, and I'm not talking about the neck teeth, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, I think Amy gave it up, and I think Charlie's about to get the old sloppy number twos after all this is said and done. Hey, man, whatever she can do, what she wants. She can no, but... she's a, she's she, but she's a fucking child, Mike. That's what I'm saying, and Jerry is a fucking grown-ass man, and there is an issue there. There is a serious issue with a grown man vampire seducing a high school student. Well, we have that trope that it's like, oh, like, she looks like somebody that I once knew, right? Like, there's that that, callback. Do you think that, like, the age of the consent, like, goes away once you're past 200? That like if you've been around for like if you're 400, you, know, you got to like really take like your age and like the grand scheme of how long you're going to be alive. So he's like, yeah, I'm 400, but I'm going to live to 1200. So like I'm really like an 18 year old in my life right now. <laughs> you know, it's like really twisted and like uh interview with the vampire when there's like the girl the little girl that's a vampire. Oh, yeah. And it's, and it's like you're old as fuck, but like you're still a little girl. Weird. You know, there's some there's some vampire law that makes for some very tricky situations that that it must come up. And I don't know if I'm a fan of that. Vamp vampire law. <laughs> we have to go to vampire court, I believe. <laughs> if, 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 uh, if you violate fuck. vampire law, jur- you bet your ass you're gonna be in vampire God, court. God god damn it got called for fucking jury duty, <laughs> fucking vampire court. God vampire damn jury it. Duty. <laughs> I got a call out of work. Fuck. <laughs> but i i do like how they uh basically storm the house right they're they go in they're they're going to kill both these guys they successfully kill billy and then you have that final showdown with jerry dandridge at the end where uh they have that cool scene with him standing in front of like the broken glass no the sun's coming up you see the night yeah you see the night sky and you see the sun start to come up and they do fucking get him with the stake but it wasn't enough so they have to chase him down into the cellar, right like into the basement. Ending. I thought for sure when yeah. I, the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, they finally got Jerry with the stake, you know, because he's flying around. He turns into a bat and shit and all this crazy stuff. But I'm like, oh, 
all of a sudden he's in the fucking basement. Yep, he goes to his fucking his coffin. And uh, I like when they finally go down there and rid the world of Jerry Dandridge. They use the sunlight to kill him. And he kind of like fucking turns into this giant winged creature, right? And he explodes or... Fuck it, it's cool. You know, the cool <laughs> thing too that I found out was that that giant like bat creature at the end there that Jerry turns into is actually like a a prop from Ghostbusters that they did like they turned it down because no, it was no too way. scary. Really? Yeah, it was, it was too scary Damn. for the movie. It was supposed to Chaz. be the ghost in Chaz. the library, but they ended up changing it. <sighs> wow! And they just reused it for this movie, same production company. So they're like, hey, we got this fucking gnarly ass bat. It'd be perfect for a vampire. That's sick. That's also, awesome. sexy Amy Vampire in the basement is looking super nice. Just have to point that out. I, I, I am attracted to vampires, and she's very, very nice looking. But they do, in fact, kill Jerry, and she turns back to a human. Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's, that's like traditional vampire yeah, law, that's, right? That's in the book yeah. of section. You that's know, one of them. That's a one of the. That's a one of the subsections. It's one of the penal codes of vampire law. You, is there like Old Testament and like New Testament of like vampire, like vampirism? Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, like uh, in the old way of vampirism, if you were bit by a vampire, it was like being bit by a snake and you died. Which I liked that type of vampire from Chillers, where that is when classic. you get bit, you don't turn into a vampire, you just fucking die. Like they drain your life force. Like you're. There's also it. that whole like the vampire won't kill you it won't turn you into a vampire it just keeps you around for feeding that whole thing too which i think is kind of weird i don't like that one so much uh overall though i do i do enjoy the way that they use the lore in this movie i think it was done really well it it paid tribute to like all the old movies it did some new stuff but overall i would say it's actually like a by the books vampire movie i think that's why right? i like it so much is that it stays true to the things that i know to be to be vampire law it stays true to the things that i expect a vampire movie to have and it it plays on all the the right sensibilities for me to just really have a great time to get behind this movie to give it my full attention and, and that's what you need for for a vampire movie there's so many out there it's such an overdone uh genre that to stand out you you got to be you got to be fresh and you really have to be on point with the time that you're coming out and i think this movie nailed it I 100% agree with that. I think they definitely were able to capture that mid '80s feel in it. Totally. Oh. I think they were. I think they were also able to translate that well into the vampire character, where it wasn't cheesy. It didn't come off as something like, uh, you know, a Salem's Lot type vampire, where it's this fucking monstrous thing that you only see like a little bit in the movie. And I actually think it's pretty funny because. These two guys, fucking Jerry and Billy, are supposed to be antique dealers, and that's the same as Barlow. <laughs> like true companions would be, they sell antiques. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. it just gets so better. sick. I love it. What a love so story. that's a Salem's that's a Salem's lock connection there. Can I get a prequel that's just, you know, how these two met and like how they fell in love in the first place? Because there's a beautiful story here that we're just not getting right now. <laughs> there has to be some fan fiction somewhere out there. I guarantee. <laughs> I, I you. totally ship Jerry and <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm writing my own book thank you very much yeah this movie's fucking speaking of that kind of relationship we never even mentioned 
that fucking evil Ed, that, that, oh. that fucking actor uh, went yes. on to be a very successful male porn star who oh. tends to do male on male scenes quite a bit. There you go. Good so, for him. Good for him. He is good for him. He's doing what he loves. And what was that one that you said that you wanted to see? That if anybody has it, to send it? Uh, um, the one that I saw that made me made me gag a little. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But I'm sure it, it has a great artistic um, you know, story to tell. And that's Uncut Glory. I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun. There's Mechanics by Day, Lube Job by Night, which I heard he won uh, an Emmy for as Mr. Sam Ritter. That was his porn name, by the way, Sam Ritter. So if you're looking, you, you can see I- Evil Ed's penis if you look online. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Give it a Google search. <laughs> and uh, from there, let's let's read some reviews for uh, for Fright Night from some other satisfied viewers. Well, that's perfect because I have, I have I have two very unsatisfied viewers that I'm going to cover. So this is a good. Okay, special. you know. What? Shoot, shoot me one shoot me one baby let's hear it. this one here I, I thought was was good while Roddy McDowell is endearing Stephen Joffreys is insufferable and the rest is just bland this this film plays on a long awkward moments of a vampire preying on a teenage girl's sexuality thumbs down they didn't Ugh. get this movie no here's one <laughs> I was interested in watching this movie based on the good reviews, but I cannot get past the opening scene in which Charlie, male protagonist, shames and guilts his girlfriend, Amy, for not wanting to go further than just making out. (laughs) Am I supposed to root for this entitled creep to defeat the vampire? This scene certainly did not age very well. Quotes, Amy, Charlie, I said stop it. Charlie... Jesus, Amy, give me a break. We've been going together for almost a year. All I ever hear is Charlie, stop it. You're giving me blue balls over here, Amy. What the fuck? Classic 80s. Yeah, that's just, that's in like every fucking 80s movie that you're going to watch. This, come on on with that. This, this, this other uh, one star review that I have, this one specifically goes out for my buddy Ernie Keegan. And this one reads, one star, terrible plot and acting, waste of time. If you want to watch a good 80s vampire movie, I suggest you watch Lost Boys. There you go. See, we said that it was uh, it was very similar. And there you go. Some people prefer Lost Boys, I guess. Elijah K, go fuck yourself. That's a bad review. <laughs> oh, man. Some people just fucking, for some reason, they just hate this movie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, a lot of people got a German import when they didn't order it. Though yeah. That's, that seems to be a common problem. That did say that. <laughs> yeah. So beware, beware, yeah. buyer beware on Amazon. Actually, don't buy on Amazon. Yeah. What buy are you from doing? buy buy a video from Bruce. Sutter Kane rules, right? <laughs> Bloody night video. Ask him for Fright Night. Tell him bad taste sent you. You have to check right? that video though. <laughs> oh my god so is there anything else you would like to say about fright night Uh, i think fright night's probably one of the uh, quintessential movies of the 80s that you got to check out if you're a fan of 80s nostalgia 80s pop culture all that shit i think this movie will satisfy those delights 
I think you should definitely find this one, watch it. If you could find the VHS, it's it's cheap. It's not an expensive one. It's pretty cool, right? It's got the side flap and everything. Artwork is sick, right? You got Amy at the end on the cover. That cover like is cloud. probably one of the coolest covers of all time, honestly. I love the 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 face of the vampire in the clouds behind the house. Really great. Yeah, and I don't think people realize that that's Amy. That's supposed to be her. Oh, right? oh, really? You yeah, just blew my mind. I didn't even know. See? Yeah. Right? Doesn't she have the teeth like that you're at the just, end? You're just an education machine. I, I can't get enough. I, of you. No, wait. I'm, I'm right. Right? You are right. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving I'm you credit for being oh, highly oh, no, educated no, no, no. on I was, the matter. I, I was. I was legitimately asking at that point. <laughs> <laughs> you started to make me doubt myself. I think you're right. But now that I'm looking at it on my screen too, yes, I would say that you are correct. That is her. Yeah. But uh, it's an RCA release. I would say go find this VHS. It's it's cheap. Just just get it for your collection. It's a must-have, yeah. right? Well, you can while it's cheap. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Okay, let's head over to Porno Corno and the Video Dropbox. Here we are again, and this week we have a doozy of a flick to review. Back to a time when a bomb went off in the U.S. Capitol, and we had one of the worst presidents in modern history. Nope, we are not revisiting the year 2020. The year was 1983, and our feature today is Edith the Blue Fox. Right off the top, we'll share our love for Kitten Atavadad. Her 44-inch chest, two-time Miss Nude Universe titles make it likely that our listeners need no introduction. Ten minutes into this film and she drops the line. Make it 200 bucks and you can shit on my face. What's not to love? Our VHS release this week is a slipcase from VCA Pictures with the tagline, where big burritos collide with hot tacos. The story is simple. Rick, played by Ron Jeremy before he was full on fat in a confirmed shit bag, and Rick owns Rick's Blue Fox, where sex is served along with the cocktails. The film follows Rick in his slow build from a pony show attraction to the hottest club in town. We will leave you with Rick's motto for the Blue Fox. Fuck me, suck me, eat me, beat me, stick me, lick me, bite me, excite me, slut me, wreck me, lay me, pay me, zip me, dip me, have a thrill, do what you will, all girls are on the pill. Until next time, watch Smut. Okay, so we're going to actually do something this week that I'm very excited to do. Something I'm a huge fan of. You're also a huge fan of this Correct. franchise, right? Uh, hopefully Anthony is too. Long, long running <laughs> franchise. Probably one of the longest running franchises in film history. And it's fucking solid. And they're still putting movies out to this day. The 
you know, you're getting Japanese ones and you're getting ones from America. And if you haven't figured it out, we are watching a Godzilla film. We will be watching Godzilla 1985. And this is kind of like the rebirth of the Godzilla franchise in the 80s where it kind of modernizes, right? It's still a guy in the suit, but it's a little bit more well done, right? It's set in more contemporary times. The effects are are still yeah. fucking, Practical you know, a guy in a suit, a minis, miniatures. Yeah, but they're done extremely well exactly. compared to a lot of the stuff from the 70s. You don't just get like the, uh, you know, balls. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, then, and that like constant scene of just like them in like a mountainous area, yeah. like a nondescript like Asian mountain area. <laughs> Although I do love I mean? that. Just a, a countryside with a small village that's a small village with a few skyscrapers that's definitely going to get destroyed because that's everywhere. <laughs> I love that shit. It's so good. Um, I really do enjoy this movie almost as much as I enjoy the uh, Italian cut of the original Godzilla, which is fucking terrifying, which maybe we'll watch one day. The Italian watch cut that? is terrifying? Yeah. Of the original one where they put like real footage from World War II in it of oh like post-bombed post fucking Japan. No, I haven't yeah. seen that, dude. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's God, fucking, that's dude, awesome. It's, it's a nightmare. I, the only way I could describe that movie is a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I up. saw it at... Uh, yeah, I saw it in Philadelphia with the Say You Love Satan people at uh, one of the all-night marathons, and it was like a fucking experience. But oh, let's hit shit. the trailer to Godzilla 1985, and we'll talk a little bit more about it after. In 1956, he first appeared on motion picture screens across the country. His impact on audiences was instantaneous and unprecedented. His acting technique was revolutionary. His presence, overwhelming. He possessed more raw talent than any performer of his generation. He soon became an international legend, a giant who took the world by storm. Then, suddenly, at the height of his fame, he retired from motion pictures. Now, he is back, and he's more magnificent, more glamorous, more devastating than ever. Prepare yourself. The greatest star of all has returned. Godzilla 1985. Yeah, so I'm pumped on this one. If you're not familiar with this movie, I would suggest watching it before you uh, hear us talk about it, because it really is qu quite something. It's really enjoyable. It's definitely slightly different from the Showa era uh, Godzilla, right? The Heisei era is a little bit different. It's a little bit more up to date. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's with any From what I remember, this movie here, this sticks kind of more true to that original Showa era uh, you know, Godzilla lore, it kind of ignores some of that in between stuff that kind of got weird. So I think this, it, this is probably like the perfect middle point between the old school Godzilla and what it was going to become through the later eighties and into the nineties for those Godzilla films. I think this is yeah. a great middle ground for someone who's never seen Godzilla to get in on a ground base and have an understanding of what the future and the past is going to hold for the franchise. 
Yeah, it definitely changes again once you get into the late 90s, into the 2000s. And then obviously we have things like Shin Godzilla that's a little bit more uh, recent. And then we have all the newer like Godzilla, Godzilla King of the Monsters. But these movies are fucking awesome. And, you know, I know you people probably are like, oh, fuck a Godzilla movie. There's all stupid shit. Like, this isn't like Godzilla versus the fucking lobster monster or anything like that. It, it's actually. Which is great. Done very so fuck well. off if you don't like the goddamn lobster monster, for Christ's sakes. That was one of the first VHS tapes I. Really? <laughs> it was like Godzilla fighting the fucking lobster monster. Dude. I don't know who the fuck. I don't remember what the other thing was. I have it somewhere here. I still have it, the actually. The first VHS tape that I personally owned was a Three Stooges tape that had the curse of the mummy's tomb on it where the Damn. three stooges like went to king tut's tomb and they got cursed from uh, opening cool. it up really great movie awesome i love the three yeah. stooges that shit's classic I I also, hey never gets old man never. never gets old beating the shit out of your friends never it's gets old classic yeah so that just about wraps it up grizz where could they find you on the internet you can find me on Instagram at Kane underscore enabler. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video, and you can find everything we do at BadTasteVideo.com. We also have a Patreon if you want to help us pay for our hosting fees and other such uh, expenses that we incurred by producing this podcast. We would be very appreciative. Also, check out all our friends. Uh, Laser Graves, you hear us talking about Ernie Keegan. He's over there doing some great <laughs> 80s podcasts. Right. And also this week, if you check out the Super Tat Film Club podcast, you will hear myself guest appearing oh, to brutal. watch No Holds Barred, oh, baby. Oh, God, yes. I, you I people might have aren't to check ready. this out. That sounds absolutely special. I know a lot about wrestling, and I know a lot about movies, and when there's wrestling in movies, it's just... Speaking of Mike knowing a lot about wrestling, I think you guys should really stay tuned, possibly even later this week, for a little bit something special that we were just talking about beforehand that is going to include our love for wrestling and our love for extreme brutality that is all things horror, so... We yeah. might have something special on the works. It's going to be uh, interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Going to give you something to watch on YouTube. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> okay, so we will see you next week with Godzilla 1985. <laughs>